what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the other smooth voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClan, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go, Internets. Let's turn up one time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show. Show was milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the premium Pete show. Is this new? Or is it just the fact that I've actually never looked at your legs around me? It's old. It's, uh, it's funny. You know how many people tell me that? It's like, that's funny. I didn't look, no, at, your, I didn't look at your legs. No, no, because, yeah, because I'm, I'm serious. Because I, I, I feel like I've known you enough years to that you have to have been around me with shorts on before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But. Again, I've never looked at your legs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this is crazy. And it's only because of the angle of the chairs in the room that I'm even. And you got shorts on today, and that's crazy. You have, you have a dog tattoo. Yeah. How how old? I'm how old? Okay, you ready? Uh, How old? I was uh, 15 years old when I got when I got got you. You're good. You get a pass. Yeah. You can tell. (laughs) You tell a story now. You tell a story. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not gonna even tell the story. Okay. It was just I, actually I give I give a quick edited story. Um, I wanted to get a tattoo. Mm-hmm. I was um, young, 15 years old, and my parents said that there was no way I could have a tattoo. And I found someone that would give me a tattoo, and they they had like their book of work was only like one and a half pages. <laughs> it was like a butterfly, a bird, a dog, and a fucking like dragon. <laughs> And I was like, "Yo, if I like think about it, if I get this shit and I, and I go home, th- there's nothing they could say. Just knucklehead shit. I mean, what are they gonna do? How, like, what? Can they can't I- make me take it back. Yeah, like, right. So, so I came home with it, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's <laughs> it's funny because I I recently got a couple of people tell me that too when they see me short. I was like, "Damn, I know you all this time. I know you had a dog tattoo." I'm like, "Yeah, man. I mean, speaking of tattoos, uh, is there any tattoos that you have regret?" You ever get granted a tattoo? Uh, probably. How many you got? I got a couple, but like old school shit. What's that? What's that say? That one says "PAT fool." Pulled oh. out the Texas fool, and I have an arrow pointed at where Port Arthur is geographically on the state of Texas, and I got a heart where Port Arthur is. Mm. I've had this tattoo since nineteen ninety two. It's now, my, that's my second tattoo. And the first one. The first tattoo is over here. And it's okay. a, the executioner. Okay. The executioner. Okay. Excuse and me. And it says, fight for yours or shut up. Mm. Now, let me ask you something. Your first tattoo, what even, do you remember, like, was it somebody said, let's go for tattoos? Or? Yeah, well, it was a thing back then. I mean, And it still is. There's this place called Dago's in Houston where a lot of people got their first tattoos from because... You could take a girl, and a girl would get tattoos for free. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, so you that's get insightful. Two, so you get two for the price of one <laughs> at Dago's. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so that was just kind of a thing, you know, to go to a club, meet a girl, try to you know find a girl that want to get a tattoo, and then go to Dago's and get tatted up. Mm. Like that, I can't. I'm laughing like because I can't believe I can't re- believe that that was actually a thing. That I- shit was actually a fucking thing. In, like to try to find a girl that wanted to go get tattooed. Now, now it's still open. 
Yes. But they don't offer that type of deal anymore. I don't think they offer that type of deal, but they're still the cheapest tattoo parlor in town by far. That would be ill if they offered that type of deal. That was marketing before they, you marketing. Know what? I, you know what? They probably do. Like, I don't want to lie about that. I mean, once this episode drops, we'll, I'm sure we'll see if somebody can figure that oh, out. Oh, somebody's going to definitely tell us if Dago still give it away. <laughs> somebody, I know as soon as I get back home because I'm going to have to drive past Dago's from the airport. I just don't look that way. You know, For, you know, I don't specifically look at that building. It's funny. Uh, sometimes I do an intro. Sometimes I don't. I kind of like how this flowed. Uh, my brother Bun B, the Trill OG, is back in the building. You know, it's funny, too, because I was, like, so excited that, you know, you have a project coming. Uh, Return of the Trill, mm-hmm. August 31st, August 31st, which is uh, this Friday. People who listen in the week after, if you listen a month after, just go to iTunes, cop it, Spotify, stream it, uh, you know, wh- wherever you listen to music. Or however this, the, you listen to music. Yeah, it'll yeah. be there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but more importantly, I was like, yeah, how could I do, like the episode I did with you last year, to me, and I, I'm not a person who kisses my own ass, um, but was was special. You know, we know each other for a long time. I felt it was honest. It was pure. Kind of like a lot of episodes I try to do where you get to know more Bun B than just, you know, uh, uh, the artist. Right. right. And, and and But this time around, it's like project. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm excited that there's, that there's work again to promote. I want to go over like a, a bunch of the track list and, and, and go over, you know, why and, and how and, and, and some of these features. But more importantly, you've been traveling because yes. of your because of your 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 mind and your voice you know your mind is being an MC you know being able to put words together and your voice because it's been able to deliver that message right think about it and have the cadence and 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 have 20 plus years right would you say 25 oh yeah yeah 20 we had 26 now god fucking damn that i've actually been you know getting paid mm. to do this shit do you do do you still feel the the energy when you go on stage? Do you, yes. Do you still is is it so? You know, it's funny too. I had Fat Man Scoop on a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me that even through his darkest times, when he performed on stage, that was the only time that he felt an outlet of like uh, where it gave him that high, you know, gave him that feeling of like, uh, you know, everything's gonna be okay just for these moments. I don't have to worry about anything else in in the world. Just for that time that he's on the stage, you you, you feel like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, I mean, it it it's it's really hard to explain. You know what I'm saying? It, but there's an energy that you get when when you know, and it's reciprocal, right? So like, you go out on stage and the people are cheering you on, and there's an energy that you get from that. So then you you go out there and you start performing the music that they love to hear, and they get energy from you. And so it's a reciprocation of this energy in the room. And, you know, we're all and we're all in the room waiting for the same moment. Sure. Right. When we play that pinnacle song, you know, the penultimate song that everybody, you know, the biggest record you got. We're all waiting for that record. Other records bring out different emotion and we enjoy a lot of that. But, you know, and I know we're all here waiting for you to do this record. And that's sure. going to make it, you know, so the better you are at building up that anticipation of that song the the higher the energy is for both of you and that's when you see you know hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people all jumping up and down the unison because we've all been waiting for this one moment and we have this moment together and the people that can bring people to that moment and give people those kind of moments um those are the people that tend to last not just the people that do good music but the people that go out and make people feel 
Mm. Like, you know, feel the music, make no? it feel the music in person. Mm. You know, you, because you're a craft, you traveled the world. Yes. I mean, the world. Just, we, yes, we, absolutely. We, it's a blessing. We, we may have spoke about this before, but, you know, what's, what's one place that you found yourself in that you were thinking of, like, damn, from a kid from Port Arthur, Texas, like, I'm here, you know? And, and, Stand, standing at the, um, standing at the lip of, um, Niagara Falls, like right where the water goes over the edge. Mm. Probably probably one of the illest moments of my life. You know what I'm saying? And I've been way further away from here. You know, I've been to Russia. I've been to Japan. I've been to all these places. But actually going to Niagara Falls and just standing there and watching the water just go over the edge. It was me. It was um, DJ Muggs. Mm. It was Estevan Oreo and... Um, DJ Muggs is obviously from Soul Assassins and the DJ from Cypress Hill. Esteban Oreo is um, a photographer. He used to be a <clears throat> role manager for Cypress Hill, and he runs Joker Brand and, um, you know, cartoons, um, you know, a tattoo shop and all of that shit. He's, he's, he's part of all of everything that that whole clown movement in Los Angeles. and But he's also a world-renowned photographer. Sure now as well and then Butsy Butler mm. who's a professional race car driver he's part of the Fast and the Furious touring um like they they have a show now that travels on the road through the UK where it recreates moments for um, the Fast and the Furious like live in an arena but when we're all from different you know walks of life I'm black Estevan is uh, Latino Muggs is Italian Butsy's Irish and we're all like standing there and we're all thinking about where we came from in life because we all kind of had to, we made ourselves who we are, you know? Mm-hmm. And to think that this is where life brought us to in this moment is to stand here in Niagara Falls, you know? On the on the Canada side too, you know? Like on the, the real side. And it, it blew my mind. I was like, I'm here because of rapping. You know what I'm saying? I didn't take a family vacation. Like I was brought here to see this because of my gift. You know what I'm saying? And I really had to start taking life in a whole different perspective at that point because I could, the, the event that brought me there, which was Gumball, continued to take me further and further and further around the world. I just drove through Japan for four days. Mm. How was that? It was, it was, it was, it was life-affirming because mm. I never in my life ever for any reason, even with them, you know, making money and all of that, never thought I was going to Japan. Mm. Like, it's, it probably costs you know, $10,000 to fly to Japan and it's super expensive and nobody speak English and it's going to be all of this and that and that, you know, and nobody want to listen to me in Japan. Don't I ain't got no, I ain't got enough fans for that type of shit. You know, we landed on a charter plane from Italy in Japan. And as soon as I come out of customs, this dude's standing there. I don't even know how they knew what flight I was on. I don't know how they knew when I was landing and coming in. The motherfuckers knew and they were standing right there outside the customs with album covers and markers and glossy pictures. Mm. You know what I'm saying? One autographs and one to take pictures. And I mean, that kind of thing, man, when you get to, you know, all the way around the world and they they really didn't speak good English, but they could say enough to get with, you know, get the autographs and stuff like that. And that happened at every hotel we checked in at every checkpoint we went to. Every hotel I checked in in Japan, it was somebody standing out front talking about free Pimp C, R- I mean, R.I.P. Pimp C. UGK for life, Bumby, can you sign this for me? Mm. I don't even know how these people knew where I was staying. I ain't know where I was staying. 
Now I get to the hotel. Right hand of God. You know what I'm saying? And um, this world, this this amazing world, man, it just keeps opening itself up to me. And I keep seeing things. This year we had, you know, I was on with Ken Griffey Jr. That's right. On the rally. How How, how is Ken Griffey Jr.? Ken Griffey Jr. is one of the best people I've ever met in my life. And it has nothing to do with baseball. Ken Griffey Jr. is a goddamn fool. Why like, say that? He is Why the best... I mean that in the best way. He is the best company you could ever have. He tells funny jokes. You know what I'm saying? He got all the stories. Mm. And all he really wanted to do is sit at home and fish and just and drive drive his car every now and then. Mm. But, I mean, never met anybody that big, that iconic. Like, he and Hasselhoff are both are like the most self-deprecating Self-deprecating Peter I've ever seen in my life. David to Hasselhoff, be, right? Yeah, yeah, David Hasselhoff. They, to be so famous and be so amazing at what they've done in their life and how much they've accomplished and still, you know, every morning be like, what's up, B? What's mm-hmm. going on, baby? Let's do this. You know what I'm saying? It just amazes me because Ken Griffey Jr. is literally, you know, one of the greatest to I'm sure. ever do. Sure, as a legend. What, to ever do what, yeah. what he does, you know, what he did. And um, David Hasselhoff, probably, I don't think any, very few people will ever be as famous around the world as David Hasselhoff sure. is. You know what I'm saying? There's pretty much not a country left he can't go to where they don't even know who he is, either between Baywatch and Knight Rider. You know what I'm saying? So, but I say all that just to say, you know, it's, it's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, there's no cap on this. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm really, really blessed to have had the life that I, I live right now. You know what I'm saying? My family is good. Wife is happy. The kids are happy. Grandkids are happy. New album coming out mm. Friday. Mm. I couldn't be happier, man. Things are amazing. You know, in this day and age, so many people look to success as uh, material things. You know, and it's funny that, you know, you're called an OG, Trill OG, Triple OG. So many, and, and that means, you know, somebody who's obviously grown and, and, and you know, seen a lot and, and, and more. But the point I'm making is, Success to me, success to you, success to somebody else could be so different. Yeah. Where you are at right now, what what, what has been success to you? Just the fact that I have a happy, healthy family. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because, um, you know, wanting money, you can have money and not have peace. You know what I'm saying? And And when you need peace, money can't help you. You know, sometimes money gets in the way of it. You know what I'm saying? Or the need a want of money. Now, I'm not saying people shouldn't go out and get money. You know what I'm saying? But if you're not happy now, don't think that money's going to make you happy. Money's going to temporarily fill that void with something that you're going to have to pay for every time to feel that way. And then as soon as you're done done doing it, the, the void is back open again. Mm. So money can't make you happy, mm. you know? Um, but you just knowing my family is healthy and knowing that I love them and they love me, you know, for me, that's that's really all that matters because all that stuff goes away. You lose the money, lose the career, all of that stuff. Your family's still your family. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times we we think that if we buy our kids, you know, enough shit, you know what I'm saying, that our kids will love us. But our kids love us. You know what I'm saying? It's letting that other shit get in the way. You know what I'm saying? Man, I mean, that, that couldn't be more true, you know, but more importantly, too, when we speak about stuff like family, you know, you speak about stuff that means so much to you. You know, sometimes I think about like, uh, you know, it, taking times to remember the moments, you know. And it's funny because I think we spoke about this before, but 
what does a bucket list look like? You know what I mean? What is something that you look like before you want to go? Like many people don't prepare for their future. Many people right. don't prepare for like what will, uh, their funeral. Like think about it. Like very few people like say, you know what? I'm gonna put ten thousand for my funeral. So because most people have to pay for funerals when people pass right. away. But even in the sense of like a bucket list, do you, do you do you ever think like that? Because I'm starting to think like that. Like. Is there things you? I mean, obviously, I think did you see the movie with Jack Nicholson and yeah, yeah. Morgan Freeman. No, I know exactly what you what you mean, and um, I didn't before, right? Because I never, I didn't know I was going to have the life that I have now. Sure, right? And so I've I've seen enough in my life to realize that anything can happen. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I started saying, "Yeah, we let's go do some things." Let's, you know, I mean, we woke up one day and uh, Queen was like, "I want to meet." This was back when Barack was still president. Queen was like, I want to meet Barack Obama. Mm. And I was like, well, they ain't going to let us meet Barack Obama. She's like, you don't know that. <laughs> you don't know that. There's a lot of people met Barack Obama. You don't know that. You ain't never asked. He might be a fan. It's like, Barack Obama don't listen to UGK. She's like, you'd be surprised who listen to UGK. Calling people and telling people you want to meet Barack Obama. Yo, we were like five minutes away from meeting Bar- Barack Obama. Like, we got, the phone call got very deep. It got very deep inside. And then it was just like, um they couldn't they couldn't find like it, it was time or whatever or something like that and he was getting ready to get out of office so he really was you know just fulfilling his sure, last sure. obligations or whatever but queen was like we need to find out if we can see barack obama before he before he's not president anymore so we but we did go to the to to, to the white house thanks to you yeah thanks to you hooking us up yeah i mean listen you know it's that's funny that the internet's probably like how the hell you go to white house because of me hey listen this is before agent orange okay you know this is before all people's the plug <laughs> i literally got into the white house the east wing and the west wing yo you but know, you can't really get in the west wing i i, I bet it's even harder now it's in, it's in, uh, yes i bet it's i bet it's much pause but i bet it is much more difficult that was a good pause I think it's probably much more difficult to get into the West Wing of the White House right now. You know, it's funny, too, because I think, like, you know, being friends for a long time, it's like I, I, I think of you in so many ways as myself. And what I mean by that is you're the person that could go hang out with college kids and then millionaires and then fucking rock star band and then artists and then in the hood. And then like you... you you know, it's funny that you bring up with the White House plug. It's like, you know, I remember my mother, you know, telling me at a party one time, she was like, how do you know so many different people? She's like, I know, what's his name was here? He's been in jail for 10 years, and then you got a lawyer and a Secret Service guy here. And I'm like, Ma, don't ask too many questions, okay? And remember, don't write nothing down. I said, okay, Pete. You know, <laughs> but, 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 but what I'm saying is like, you, and we spoke about this. I call you all the time. There's certain people who are a diversified chameleon. That is you. Like, did you ever like realize like, holy shit, like I can fit in anywhere? That was a concerted effort. Like, mm. I never wanted to walk in a room that I couldn't contribute to the conversation, mm. you know? So I'm, I had to make sure I knew a little bit of something about everything. I don't know everything, but I know a little bit of something about a lot of shit, you know what I'm saying? And that's gotten me very far in life, you know what I'm saying? To be able to communicate with people on their level really is what is what happens, is that, you know, if people are talking politics, I can talk politics. doesn't mean I have to take your side, but I know how to, you know, express my opinion and have the conversation. Um and that's important, you know what I'm saying, to be able to walk in a room and, and say what you need to say to whoever needs to hear it, sure. you know? And sure. that's that's been able to get me in a, a very far in life, yeah. you know, not being scared to have conversations with people, you know what I'm saying, in order to 
you know, let people know who you are. You know, a lot of times they, they're going to prejudge me because I'm a rapper. So if I don't explicitly let people know who I really am and what I know and what I'm capable of, they're going to write me off. Yeah. If I sit in the back of the room and just try to look like a rapper, they're just going to make a bunch of assumptions about me. But if I step to the, you know, step into the light and, you know, speak my mind and voice my opinion and I can do it in a respectful, articulate fashion and people, you know, give me a, sec- a second consideration. Sure. You know? As they should. You know, I remember you speaking a long time ago that pimping you. Something about Jordans. Remember when somebody, did someone make a Jordan like low top for him and he was like, yo, we made it. Remember he told well, he you was saying, that? Well, yeah, well, what happened was, well, they did make a low top Jordan for him, but that was that later was on. He passed. Yes. Know? But um, he would always say that the only brand he wanted to be associated with was Jordan. Because Jordan only fucked with the best people who were the best at what they did. You know what I'm saying? Like Jerry Rice was the best receiver. Sure, you know sure. what I'm saying? So he's sure. like, if Jordan Brand fucked with us, that means we the shit. You know what I'm saying? So and, you, and, yeah. and by the time he came home, I had that relationship with Reggie. And uh, we came home, and the first video we did was The Game Belonged to Me. And he's wearing like the... Um, the white, red, and green Spizikes. Okay. I got him the Gucci colorway Spizikes. Nice. And uh, he loved it. He was like, where you get these from? I said, I got them from Jordan. Mm. What did he say? He was like, word? He was like, man, we sponsored by Jordan, not dog. He was like, man, we'd have made it. We'd have made it like a motherfucker. You know, it's funny you say that for because I, that's always stuck, you know, in, in my mind, like of how much he was like, yo, if we, if we, if Jordan fuck with us and we made it. And then I, you look at somebody like Travis Scott. From Houston, who I mean, and it, it is dope, man. You know, I had to look at them a couple of times in the beginning before I realized how dope that color is, and it, it, it really may just is. be the what the Tennessee, uh, no, the Houston oil color, right? Yeah, yeah. But I remember that as a jersey that was dope, you know. But um, you know, him getting a break like that. Do you ever think like this? I'm not saying you did this, but like people like you in Houston, people like Pimp in Houston, so many more other people, kind of like open the doors for, like, artists like that to be able to do this faster. You know, Jordan Brand wasn't really, like, making a shoe for, you know, people at that time, right? You know right, I mean? no. Not saying you did it, but you, you know what I mean? That's, that's that's a big deal now that you look all these years later. Well, I'm just happy that, you know, one, that these brands are starting to recognize um, and acknowledge that, you know, these artists move product. And if people see us rocking shit, they're going to want to rock it. Sure. And they instead of just stealing the culture now, they're giving us these sponsorship opportunities and actually paying us to design shoes to make an even stronger connection with the culture and the local community. And, um, you know, I applaud it, man. Like I said, anything that doesn't happen to me, I hope happens for the next dude. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what happens. You know what I'm saying? As time goes on and things mature, um, opportunities that you hope somebody would get. You can't be selfish about it. Sure. You got to be like, if I don't get it, I hope somebody, you just say, I hope somebody from here gets it. hope somebody from Texas gets it. And so now we do have people like Travis Scott, you know, who gets these opportunities. And even like a Beyonce who gets to decide who gets to shoot the the cover of the September Vogue magazine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, every little, every little bit matters and every little contribution that we can make to the greater good and, to make the city look good. That's that's what we're here for, man. That's one thing about Houston. Um, we're trying to make the city look good. Mm. You know, you know, if, if someone listening who never been to Texas, particularly Houston, mm. what would you say is, because Houston, I think what people don't understand is, 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 is I remember you telling me this one time there was a magazine, you were telling me how it's one of the most, the top, like, uh, I forgot what we were talking about. It was like the top visited or top. Most rest- diverse right now. Yeah, with the restaurants and, 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 and everything else. I forgot, like, 
but if someone's listening right now and never been to Houston, what's like what, what's some what's somewhere people got to go if they come to Houston? Like what's like a a day in Houston? Oh man, that that could be a multitude of things. Um, I would definitely say, um, just from your opinion, I guess. I would say go have breakfast at at either the Breakfast Club or Snooze. Probably Breakfast Club because you know Snooze is Snooze is more of a chain. Breakfast Club is like one place. I would tell them to definitely go to mm-hmm. the Breakfast Club and have you know either breakfast or lunch. Um, I would tell them to go to Herman Park. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Walk around Herman Park. Maybe go through the Japanese Garden. I go over by the lake, you know, go to a little pedal boat on the lake or something like that. Um, and if it was a Friday, I would tell them to go watch a high school football game, mm. you know, for Friday night. But if it's not uh, Friday night, I would still tell them to go to Discovery Green Park downtown and uh, just kind of maybe sit in the park, mm. watch the sunset. You know, I, but I would definitely tell them to do that late in the day because it's hot as hell in Houston right now. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. The return of the trill. Yes. Okay. You know, are you doing it on a label or is it independent? Um, well, it's on my label, independent, but it's distributed by Empire. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. And how many tracks we got on here? 14. 14, 14 tracks. Is 14, you know, is it planned that way or just happened to be come out that way? Nah, the executive producer of this album, my my wife, Queenie, was saying that. Shout Miss Freeman. Said that we should only have. 10 songs on there, make it short and sweet, you know. But uh, me kept sticking my nose in where I, I shouldn't have put it in. Now we got this album with uh, all these different songs on it. But I felt like we did a lot of great music and that, you know, we should try to give it a chance. Well, let me go over and, 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 and you uh, you stop me, uh, you know, if... You remember like a good story about in the studio how that uh, track came together, but we start off with "Trill Over Everything" featuring Killer Kalyan, mm-hmm. Houston Zone. I like that kid, man. Uh, he, I feel like he's he he stayed the same all these years. He never switched up the way he moves. You know, what what made you uh, start the uh, album off with that track? Well, I thought it was the the right energy. For mm-hmm. the for the album, you know what I'm saying? It was um I definitely want to start things off with a bang, you know? Mm. And so that's why that one ended up being the song that we started it off with because it, it comes with a high level of, of energy and um you know, it's definitely got a lot of lyricism to it. And um that's how we wanted to start it. I wanna let people know not only was I back, I was still up on my game. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And uh I was trying to find a track list in my phone, but I don't have it, but you have it, right? Yeah, I have it. Okay. Recognize featuring <clears throat> T.I. and Big Crit. Who is Big Crit the executive producer also on this? Or? He's a co-executive producer. Okay. Yeah, he nice. and, he and uh, Queenie. Shouts to Crit. And and how'd that come about, Recognize? Um, well, Recognize is just another one of these tracks that Crit produced for the album. Quit. Crit, oh, I keep saying Crit. Crit is actually not just a, a producer on the album. He's the musical coordinator okay. on this album. So what does that mean? Is, what, what is a music coordinator? Oh well, in the, in this particular instance, he not only made music for it, he also um, suggested people that we should work with, and um, which we worked with a lot of people at his suggestion, but they didn't all make the album. And um, but he he want, he wanted to make sure that we had a very well rounded album that was cohesive and sequenced in the right way. I mean, you know, this is crazy how many fucking features you have on here. I mean, 
you know, you got Killer Kanye on, you got T.I. and Big Crit on another track, you got Know What I'm Saying with Slim Thug and uh, Lil Kiki. Lil Kiki. Yeah. You got Out of Season featuring Big Crit. You got Trap Hands featuring Yo Gotti and 2 Chains. You got Blood on the Dash featuring Gary Clark Jr. Myself featuring Run the Jewels, yeah. Killer Mike LP. You got uh, Rude Boy featuring Little Wayne. I mean, come on. I mean, Hoes from the Hood featuring Beat King, Slow It Down, Never Going Back featuring Giggs. You a bitch, featuring Pimp C. Was that a old uh, verse that he had? It's not a verse. It's actually um, some snippets of him talking. Okay, yeah. dope. So we had a verse that we would we were trying to incorporate into the album, but like I said, there's a lot of music that didn't clear it, um, like uh, sample clearance, and then the Pimp C thing. Um, we just couldn't get it um, through the estate in time. But we're gonna bring that on the next album, so there mm. will be an actual Pimp C verse on the next album. Mm, but people, mm. a lot of people under the assumption that I'm sitting on a bunch of music yeah, and, and verses I'm, and yeah. stuff like that, and I have to explain to people all the time that I don't control that. The estate controls that. Mm. It's not like the, the estate didn't want me to have a verse. We just couldn't get it done in time by the time I had a track that I felt would have been right for him him to be on. We just didn't have enough time to get it cleared. You know, I, we definitely spoke about this before in the episode we did last year, but, um, you know, you, you spoke being about more mindful, about making more and more music. Because this is, you know, an artist, you know, you know this, this is your, uh, you know, your, what you leave behind, you know, right, all the, like, building a catalog of more and more. And, and I know you've been very mindful of that and, and doing that, right? You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I've over-recorded um, with this process. Like, I just, whenever we had a good day, we go in and we just record until, you know, it was like, okay, we, we did a couple of songs today. We'll just figure out where they go later. We did a lot of days like that. So we're probably sitting on, now that this album is coming out with 14 songs, we're probably still sitting on 45, 50 songs. Now. God damn. You know what I'm saying? Which is a lot for me. That, That's a lot of music. but That is a lot. But, you know, I definitely want to have, and we're going to be releasing a lot more music more often. We're not going to be waiting a year and two years to drop music. I may drop another album either at the end of December or the 1st of January, you know? Mm, mm. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, just being very real about life and how things work out, I don't know what tomorrow's going to be like. And I definitely wanted to make sure that I left enough music behind because that's going to be one of the main sources of income sure. for my family should something happen to me will be the catalog that I leave them behind. So, and now we're in a position where, you know, we release these albums, but we still own the masters. You know what I'm saying? So any album that we put out from now on, we own the masters too. And um, any music that they would put out, you know, after I passed away or whatever like that, which I don't, I don't want to die. Anytime no, soon. No, me you know what I'm saying? You ain't going uh, nowhere. You got to go, you got to go, but I just don't want to go no time soon. You know what I'm saying? I still got a lot <laughs> a lot more I want to contribute. But in the event of something crazy happening, that they don't have to be struggling to maintain a certain quality of life. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. You got uh, Grow Up featuring A-Ball and MJG. Yes. That's and what, if you could say something about A-Ball and MJG, I mean, what would it be? Like, what, like if... I love when people talk behind other people's back, but on good levels. No, no, these dudes are like I told them. You know, they are, they are the the one of the last of the Mohicans. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, they are still the same two dudes I met. You know what I'm saying? Twenty six years ago, they are. It's and it's amazing to see their friendship and do all these years. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they're still making music. They're actually making a movie now about their story. Mm. and um, man they just they're the funniest dudes in the world to be around like MJG is just so very 
funny, but in a very dry kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Like he know I'm saying he's saying something funny, but he gonna let you laugh at it like first before he even makes an acknowledgement that it was something funny. It's it's a very it's always a good time with them. You know what I'm saying? They always smoking on some good weed, like the best weed. Like as long as I've known them, they've always had the best weed available. Mm, mm. You know what I'm saying? We be in the same city going going on a mission, and they always gonna come back with better weed. Always. Mm. And stay with that sticky. And their friendship is real. Like it's not fabricated. Which is rare. You know what I'm saying? Their friendship is real. You know what I'm saying? They are really down with each other, man. And it's a beautiful thing to see them still making music to this day. I just saw them at uh, my listening event in Atlanta. Um, they came through. It was already over, but they just wanted to come through and show some love and and support support the movement. And um, they were like, yeah, we finna go back to we throwing something today because we just started filming our new movie about us. And I was just so happy to see them, you know, be able to to have something like that that acknowledges the the amazing contributions that they've made. They are Southern legends, no way around it. You sure. know what I'm saying? They are some of the best to ever do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm blessed to have had them as contemporaries, you know what I'm saying? Because we all started at the same time, and, you know, we would watch them do something and look at their album cover. Oh, man, we got to come hard. And, you know, it's a little back and forth that I had of, of uh, you know, not competition, but, like, acknowledging the peers around you that are doing it at a high level, that push you to do it at a high level. You know what I'm saying? We did, we were like that with Outkast too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We'll look at them like, man, Outkast do it big on that one, man. We got to come hard. You know what I'm saying? So it was a nice, friendly competition amongst friends. You know, I feel like uh, this. You know, you think of Outkast, think of April MJG. You know, I feel like this. At one point in time, there was a lot of minks. You know, like people were wearing mink coats. Would you yeah. say? Would you say Pimp is? Like somebody who inspired people to wear mink coats, or would you say it was other a bunch of other no, like in hip hop in hip hop? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, maybe after two thousand, but I mean, there was always this element from the late eighties. You know what I'm saying? That that proliferated through hip hop fashion wise, where dudes who emulated and looked up to a lot of the old school street cats, they would pull out the mink coats. Mm. Um, I think Mike Tyson. You know what I'm saying? The sure. old Mike Tyson fights. You know what I'm saying? Really inspired mink coats. But, um, I mean, like, as far as, like, going with the mink coat and the suit mm. and the gators, though, yeah, mm. like, in hip-hop, yeah, that's definitely pimp. <laughs> you see somebody, you know, trying to pull off that full look, they trying to hit up a pimp seat. Mm. Straight up and down. And, and, and that is just shopping in, in, in Houston? Like, they had places that had the gators and the... And it minks or yeah, but I think he got. I don't think I don't think he got that made in, in Houston. I think he got that made in Georgia. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I know there's an old lady that 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 make a lot of these outfits. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, she's like the Dapper Dan of Atlanta. Uh, I'm not saying that Atlanta. I know there's an older lady that do a lot of these shirts, suits and stuff. I never wore any of that shit, so I don't know where they're getting it from. You didn't put a mink on ever. With me, I put on like a mink jacket. You know, like a mink bomber. Okay, but not like a. Not like a full body mink. I bought my wife a full body mink, but I always wore mink bombers. Mm, mm. You know the the last track on the uh, the album is called "Gone Away." Yeah, featuring Leon Bridges mm-hmm. and that boy Gary. Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, what's up with Gary Clark Jr.? How did how did, how did you even get that? I mean, I met him a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he's he's literally one of the best people to ever play guitar. Mm. And I was like, man, I would love a scenario where we could do a record together. And he was always open to the idea. And then when I was in the middle of recording this album, <clears throat> we were like, man, we should really 
see if we can get Gary Clark Jr. to play on this record. I'm like, well, I'd like to have him on this record and this record. So um, the actual conduit for all of this was Saman, mm. Saman Ashwari. Uh, Shout out to Trill Gladiator. Young Trill Gladiator, Saman. So he and Gary are good friends. And he was like, yo, I can reach out to him and see if he's open to it. And he was like, yeah, Gary wants to do it. Send me the records and I'll make sure he gets it done. And, you know, Gary's a very busy man, but shout out to some man for really, like, sticking with it and making sure that it got done. And it's, you know, that record there is featured Leon Bridges, you know, who is the epitome of soul music and soul singing right now. He's a young dude from Fort Worth, but he's an amazing talent playing all over the world right now. He's very unique in his approach and his, his delivery and just his whole aesthetic, man. He's very genuine. And, um, you know, he was down to sing on the record, and we I probably made a really good record with that record. I mean, I, I don't know when to pat myself on the back, but that's a really good song, and it's, it's dedicated to Pimp. That's the, mm. that's the, that was the only way to close this record out. Mm, mm. Internet's Gone Away, featuring Leon Bridges and Gary Clark Jr. You got to check that one out. Listen, you know what? Let's take a quick break. Uh, me and Bunna just catching up, man. Um project is out return of the trail is available everywhere streaming uh any vinyl any uh yeah but we couldn't get it done for record before record store day okay okay because vinyl turnaround is real like it takes a long time to get an album back yeah well it's available everywhere okay internet's return of the trail it's funny because it's like return return of the trail og you know i'm gonna put put that on there return of the trail og that's what's up Internet, I'm I'm here sitting up, we chopping up, catching up with my brother, Bum B. Don't go nowhere. Be right back. Cheer. This is Lilo Broncado, a.k.a. C, from the Bronx Tale, and you are tuned in to the Premium Pete Show. Internet, and we're back. Saying here with my brother, the Trill OG, Bun B. Cheer. Um, we spoke about Bucket List before. Right. And I think, you know, we went on and off about it, but did I ask you, wait, what... If there are some other bucket lists that, that you have that you want to do? Um, like, I know I don't want you to die. I'm not preparing for you to die. I love no, you, my no. brother. I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to speak anything into existence. <laughs> but he's gone, and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, I would, um, I'd love to be on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know, um, performing or a skit. I'll take either one. Mm. Um, that's about it. I wish I was in a physical shape to climb Mount Everest. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'd die on that mountain. What about skydiving? <laughs> you ever skydive? No, I'm I'm open to it. Yeah? I'm open to skydiving. It's not, that's not scary to you? No, no. Cause I, I do roller coasters and all that type of shit. Now, I went parasailing and I wasn't fucking with that at all. <laughs> Why? Because parasailing is not meant for overweight people. It's not meant for big people. <laughs> Why? What happened? But because you, you sit on something that's very thin. Like the the thing you sit on when you parasailing is probably no thicker than this the arm of the sofa right here. Yeah, it's very thin, and you got to try to, you know, you're buckled in, but you still it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> it was very very uncomfortable. I couldn't get comfortable, and then you're in the air, so you don't want to do too much moving around and playing with the situation. <laughs> But, um, oh shit, man! I did it because Quinny wanted to do it, and I didn't want to seem like. Yeah, you're, I, didn't yeah. Want to, I didn't want to bitch out. Yeah, and no, I get it. I get it. Uh, what about touring? Are you gonna do any touring? Yeah, yeah, we're doing shows right now. Mm. You know, we've been doing a couple of shows to promote the album, and then we'll go out and once it's released, we'll go out and support the album. Mm. I got a big show um, this this Thursday. 
Mm. In Houston. In Houston. Okay, nice. And uh, you plan to do for an album? You're gonna put out a couple of cities. Yeah, 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 definitely. What's the what's the what's the best cities that uh, that I mean? There's so many, but I'm saying, what's the cities that really, really uh, is it, is it, is it South? I I may mentioned before it was uh, um, fuck. Uh, what the fuck? Where's uh, Yo Gotti from? Memphis. Memphis. Is this Memphis? Fuck with. Uh, yeah. Do you yeah. know like your core like certain? Like, oh, absolutely. What is yeah, it? Yeah, it's like Texas. Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, um, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, D.C., mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then um, probably like the Seattle, Tacoma area. Mm-hmm. You know, we do pretty good up there. And the Bay Area. What's Bay a, area, fuck with us. What's a Bumby rider looking like today? And for those that don't know what a rider is, if you could explain to them. Yeah, a rider is what you... Um, Tell the venue that you need in your dressing room prior to your show. Mm. So, you know, some people be like, I need chicken wings. Sure. I need, champagne. Yeah, I need a bottle of champagne. I need some beer, some shit like that. Um, we usually do a bottle of vodka, a bottle of champagne, and a bottle of something brown. Mm. Mm. But we very seldom drink that shit backstage. Mm. I'm just taking it back home. You know, it, it, all these years of being backstage, you know, you ever feel like you wanted to be in the crowd? And not meaning when you perform. Meaning like, and, and and I realize it's just from being uh, around a, a bunch of different artists over the years, being backstage and all that, you know, and, and, and it's cool. It's great. You know, it's a great to be, especially when you, you know, with people, you know, when you see them perform, it's a proud moment. But sometimes you feel like you miss some of the things. You ever been like backstage as not a performer, but like where you're like, damn, I probably rather be in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times we'll go backstage to see somebody at a show and we'll say what's up before the show and then try to go get a good spot in the crowd if it if it makes sense. Mm. Like you go to Coachella or something like that, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense to try to get in the crowd because it's too hectic, you know, out there. You know, it's a it's a wild, wild element. But, um, yeah, if somebody's in like a house of blues or something like that, I'll go say what's up to them backstage and then I'll try to, um, you know, go get me a good little spot upstairs somewhere, watch the show. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as we wind this... Uh down you know you obviously used in sports used in everything you're involved in you know now when the rockets were in the playoffs weren't you performing in the uh in in you know in the pregame yeah yeah i did something with the rockets you know now how how important is it to you know for them to reach out to you and get like you know they get the community they get the culture they get you know what I mean? Like it's like they're not blind. There, there were there were a couple of opportunities, before, you know, a couple of years where they would bring certain people out and let 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 us perform. Like in front of the arena, especially during playoffs, they were always kind of good with that. They let a you know a lot of different acts go up there, but um, you know, we got a new owner now, mm. uh, Tillman Fatita. Yeah, he's got the TV show Billion Dollar Buyer. Yeah, and um, he's you know he's been very personable in the city. Most people kind of know him in the city. And so he's been real big at, like, bringing people out, you know, putting us on the floor, having to shoot this first shot. And he has a charity thing where if you make the shot, you get $5,000 for your charity. And even if you miss, you still get, like, 1000 for your really? charity. Yeah. Fuck. Remember we were on the floor uh, with that time with Jeremy Lin? We had no idea. I was like, who is this kid? Yeah. I was like, who is this Asian guy fucking getting buckets? And, and 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 turns out like the next two three weeks later, this it wasn't even that far. It was probably like three games later. He played Kobe. That's when he got busy against Kobe. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" Yo, that you know, it's funny too because you know we were um, 
um, earlier you were running around and, you know, we, we were talking to a different, a bunch of different people and you mentioned Mike Bibby. Mm-hmm. And I remember that game, uh, Mike Bibby played for the Knicks yes. and he came up to us and he dapped you up before, you know, you have, you know, when's the first time you met Mike Bibby, man? I can't even remember. I feel like I've known Mike all my life. You know what I'm saying? But I, I met him at a game, you know what I'm saying? And, um, we got real cool. Me, him, and his brother Dame got real cool, and um, they used to hold me down. That's who literally introduced me to, like all the higher ups at Jordan Brand. You mm. know what I'm saying? They would get some shoes in and be like, "Yo, bum, we got a couple of this, we got this and that. You want some shoes?" Dame would call me, "Like, you want some shoes?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, send me some of that Team Dime shit." Cause they used to get the Air Force One yeah, yeah. with the Team Dime on a logo stitch on the side and shit like that. And then, um, you know, they 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 called Reggie one day. They're like, Reggie, yo, this is Bun. This is our man. You know, make sure, you know, take care of him. Send him a box or something. And um, me and Reggie got to know each other. You know what I'm saying? We ended up getting real close. And um, so that's how, that really how, you know, it really reinforced my relationship with the brand. And that's when they're like, yo, can you want to come out and perform at this event? And, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't hurt that our relationship came together right around the time that the All-Star game was coming to Houston. Sure, sure. So those kind of opportunities came up. But then even out of the city opportunities, he would ask, you know, I was doing actual lectures. Mm. for Jordan Brand That's great, about yeah. the connection between sneakers and, and hip hop. And hip hop, you know what I'm saying? I did that a couple of times. And um it was just a um you know a beautiful opportunity that never would have happened if it wasn't for Mike Bibby just being a good dude, you know? Mm, mm. It's amazing man how relationships uh, and networking and 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 just being cool with certain people open up so many doors, you know? And it's crazy because a lot of the people that I meet that are like like I always tell people, all the people I know that are athletes, I very seldom go and see them play. I think Stack Five is probably the one that I've mm. gone to see Steven play Jackson, the most. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But most of the people I know, like I'm, I'm, you know, real good friends with Kendrick Perkins. I never ask for, for capitalist tickets. You know what I'm saying? But I go to his house, play some dominoes while he smoke on a black and mild and shit. You know. And um, you know, Lord Jamal is one of my longest friends in hip hop. We've only ever done one song together. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But that's one of my best friends. I've known him for. 20 plus years now mm. you know well Jamar man I remember all the stories about uh, you know him uh, bringing you and Pimp around and and the, the city and, and, and New York man that's classic stories L- L- listen internet if you if you want to hear the full in depth uh, episode I have with Bun go back and check uh, you know just to Bun B that's it the episode we did about a year ago but as we uh Talk about the sports. What, what what would you say is some of your favorite sports uh, moments and you know sports history moments? Oh man, uh, Vernish Maxwell hitting that three pointer. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That was a big day for me. Um, being, in, I think one of my craziest sports moments in my life would probably be from last year's Astro season. I was in the game. That's the longest base, longest playoff baseball game in history. We went on like 14, 15 innings or some crazy shit. And um, I was in the, it was me and my wife and Paul Wall and his country singer Clay Walker and yep. we, and we were all in this room, you know, just really just in this suite watching this game and the game went on forever and forever and forever. And we just like, I know they're gonna win. I know they're gonna pull it out. And then Bregman hit the shot and brought the run in. And then, you know, after that we just you know we just there was no beating us after that. I knew we were taking it the whole way. And you and you, you you motherfuckers won the World Series. That's amazing. Yo, how about Still this? Still blows my mind. How about this? Somebody re- m- made a petition for Bun B 
not to be at the fucking games because he was a fucking jinx. Which is crazy because every time I've ever performed before any sporting event, they won. Nobody's ever lost when I performed before a sporting event. Do you know who this guy is? Yeah, yeah, I know who this guy is. Did you ever meet him? No, no, I called him out on it, though. Called him out. His mom tried to take up for him, too. Yeah. Yeah, Fucking put him right in the trunk. Forget about it. Right in the caddy. It's amazing, though, but that that was the year that they tried to sign a petition. Yeah, yeah. And and the fucking Astros, and you're there at every game, and and the Astros. Courtesy of the team. Courtesy of the team. I haven't bought a sporting event ticket in years. And and they won the World Series. You know what I'm saying? Look, I. I was on the stage. Bro. I was on the stage with them when when they gave, like, they had the trophy and everything. Like, I. You know what I'm saying? The, the organization let me get on the stage with them. You're like, a fucking jinx. Could you imagine that somebody calling a jinx? That they, you don't know, let somebody that has a, that's a jinx touch the World Series trophy. Let me tell you, man. Um, I, I've seen so many with the Yankees, man, and uh, it was an amazing feeling. Yeah, you guys, you guys have all the trophies. No, 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 I'm saying it was an amazing feeling. How amazing was that for you? It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It probably was one of the longest nights of my life. You know what I'm saying? Just every pitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could feel it in my soul. Mm. Like, every pitch of Game 7. Like, I I just I just remember we were all in 8th Wonder Brewery and um, and just watching that game, just, you know, go back and forth, back and forth, and all the way. And it was just, I remember watching those last pitches, and I was like, yo, we just, we just won the World Series. And we were just going ape shit in that room. We were really, really going ape shit. It was, everybody in the room was all good friends and we all were just it was like 30 of us in there just all watching this game you know what I'm saying because game 7 was out of town sure. and um, man it just the it, city it still it still blows my mind that we actually won like looking back at the parade and all this shit you know what I'm saying a million people in the streets of Houston it was insane yeah like and they told me it was like yo if you can get to the stage we'll put you on but like I didn't have any help so we had to walk through all the people and like it was like it got so crazy at one point where we our group separated because we simply couldn't. It's like eight of us trying to walk together, and then we ended up getting separated, and then we caught back up together, and then we we ended up like going under a rope and realizing we were on the parade route, and like in the middle of the street, and we mm-hmm. like we didn't know what was going on, and then I saw the police chief, and I know the police chief, and I was like Chief Aceveda, and he was like Bumby, what's going on? I was like Yo, I got to get to the stage. They want me at the stage. So he put like an officer on us and like, yo, walk, <laughs> walk them. So we walked the whole parade route. Like for five minutes, we were the parade. Before the players and shit came out, we were just on the parade route. It was me and Trader Truth. And um, everyone was like, Bumpy, Trader Truth. And we waving and we dapping people up like we, we ain't win shit. But like we're just literally walking down the parade route. My nieces always kept saying, yo, Uncle Bun, you're the parade right now. You're the parade right now. I was like, yeah, I guess I am. You know, Houston, Houston needed that, honestly. You know, yeah, I, I, I hated that. It was right after the hurricane. You know what I'm saying? It, it couldn't have happened to a better city at a better time. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It reminds me of when the Saints won, you know what I'm saying, True. for New Orleans, you know. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It, it did a lot for the city, right? The morale. I'm oh, sure no. Like one, money that, one, that one day, um, you know, when they actually, like when they did the parade and everything like that, everybody forgot about their troubles. It just went downtown. Mm-hmm. They just went downtown. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's, they they just went downtown, mm. and and you know every all the problems that they had before they went downtown were gonna still be there when they left downtown. But just for that moment, we were 
we were all just downtown. We're never downtown. Like Houston's dead. Downtown is probably one of the deadest of all major metropolitan cities. There's nobody downtown like just walking and shopping and being out and about like that. But for that one day, for that one moment, all of Houston was downtown. That's special, man. You know, I always make make fun of you with this, but uh, politics, man. Would you ever think of it? I know you say no now, but I, I've asked you over the years. You know, I'm asking you again now. Um, I see now more than ever that I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Now, but there are good people who are willing to fight the good fight, and I support them, people like Bid O'Rourke. You know what I'm saying? I support people like that, good people. Cory Booker, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But um, I, I don't think that's meant for me. Yeah. I think my calling is in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But that's today. Now, tomorrow might be different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who knows, man? Who knows? You know, it could fucking be, uh, you know, I think I think it's just you, you've been able to be in touch with the community so much that, uh, you know, you could be, you know, what the community needs. And it has to evolve, too. You know, right. listen, talking about uh, evolving, too, before we go, uh, definitely, uh, it's re- truly amazing is that uh, Houston, and just goes to show how special it is, that the H-Town Sneaker Summit is on 15 years you know, when I tell people, people ask me about like, uh, you know, you know, different events and, you know, we have people know sneaker cons and, uh, you know, kicks fairs and dunk exchange, shouts to dunk exchange, one of the, you know, forefathers. Of course, uh, sneaker pimps, things sneaker like that. Sneaker pimps, yeah, but, but I feel like 15 years just show, you know, that Southern hospitality that people come out like grandmothers and grandfathers and, and, and. I mean, it's just something that you've been a part of, too, that, you know, that you see grow. And it just shows a testament of use. And I feel like just that Southern hospitality and just that, you know. And it's a commitment that I think that I don't think people really give Cardona credit for. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He's fully committed to putting on this show Mm. twice a year for people regardless. You know what I'm saying? And he's been able to create something that you can bring your children to. You can drop your kids off at the Sneaker Summit. You know what I'm saying? We're one of the few places that guarantee that, you know what I'm saying, everybody gets home safe. You know what I'm saying? We've only ever had one punch thrown mm. at the Sneaker Summit in 15 years of doing it twice a year. So that's 30 sneaker events where we only had one punch ever thrown. Nobody's ever walked out of it. Nobody's ever gotten out of there with a stolen pair of sneakers. Stadium None status. Stuff. Not even that that really happens a lot. But, you know what I'm saying, it's it's been a, a amazing thing to throw this event in, in the basketball arena and throw it at the – you know, and, and, and these different, um, you know, venues around the city. You know, we just did the last one in Minute Maid Park at the baseball stadium. And for the city to always come out, no matter where they put it on at, no matter how we choose to do it, man, the city comes out and supports and has a good time. And, you know, we have, you know, a reputation at this point that we have to uphold, you know. True. And it's a it's 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 our little way of representing for the city. True. Know? What's uh what's next for What's next for you, man? What's next? I mean, we obviously the album yeah. is out. Return of the Trail, yeah, available all over. And then streaming you know, some services. I'm gonna try to get another album out in the next three or four months. Okay, just want to be more consistent in dropping music. So, in order for me to keep dropping music, I got to keep making music. So we're getting back in the studio, making more shit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, there's a transition coming. I don't want to speak on things before they're done, but mm-hmm. there's definitely a transition coming. You know what I'm saying? It's something I've been having to prepare for. You know, a lot of my life, especially my adult life, but there's definitely a, a transition coming. It's time for me to, you know, get involved in some other things. And, um, 
You know, that's why we're trying to make sure and put some of this music out right now because, you know, we never really know where life leads us. You know what I'm mm. saying? But I want to make sure I leave a solid legacy behind and make sure that I say everything I felt I needed to say. Mm-mm. You know mm. what I'm saying? I think you're right on track. Listen, uh, for the internet's listening at home uh, or on the move, on the road, um, you know, maybe on a, a late night job. We get a lot of people tell me that, that you know, truckers mm. are listening. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of UGK fans a lot of Bum B fans, but more importantly, uh, just your words. I feel like over the years been able to like uplift people without even really maybe even thinking of that. What's some words you want to leave the internet with? Stay prayed up, man. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Life is crazy. Find you something that you can believe in. You know, I don't mean you don't have to go to organized religion and sit in the church or whatever, but just find find something that makes you a better person in life. It makes you love life and love people and hold on to it. Because if you watch enough TV or, or stroll through enough social media, you'll feel like the world is heading downhill fast. But if you got something that makes you feel good and keeps you uplifted and, you know, inspires you to be a good person and to contribute to society and to love people and treat people in a, in a good and kind way, hold on to it. You know what I'm saying? Hold on for dear life. Internet's the one and only. My brother. Okay. Uh, La Familia. Friend, your friends of ours. Friend of ours. Bumby. Internet's, make sure you go cop that album. Return of the Trail, available on all streaming services. Cop it, buy it, tag it. At The Real Trillionaires yes, on Instagram. on Instagram, at The Real Trillionaires. Bun B Trilogy on Twitter. Hmm. Adam, you know, let him know what you like about the album. Let him know what songs you like. And, and Bun, we'll see each other soon. Thank you, brother. Peace, my brother. Peace. Internets, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me. At the premium show at gmail.com. Again, that email is the premium show at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the premium Pete show? Email me at the premium show at gmail.com and let's get working. Okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms and podcasts. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And we'll see you next episode. Cheer.